Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello, and thank you for joining me today for episode number seven. I am your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. On today's episode, I'm going to be covering some information explaining uh, blockchain technology, how that supports cryptocurrency, uh, along with other uses of blockchain technology, because there's definitely more than uh, the most common cryptocurrency that we, we often hear. But before we begin, just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor. Um, this information is for um, educational purposes only. Always consult with your own financial advisor uh, before making any financial decisions based on your personal situation. So, you know, before we get into cryptocurrency, um, you know, I want you to understand blockchain technology and, and how that supports crypto and a few other uh, technology items that you'll probably continue to hear more about. So blockchain technology or blockchain is um, a decentralized, distributed, and oftentimes public um, ledger that consists of um, records or, or blocks that is used to record transactions across many computers um, so that any involved block cannot be altered uh, retroactively without um, the alteration of subsequent blocks. And, and what that pretty much means is if you think about, um, you know, a, a bank with ledgers where you would write down transactions, uh, these blocks would be similar to writing something down. The main difference is, or the biggest difference, is that once a transaction is captured in a block, um, it can't be altered or changed. So again, comparing it to something in a notebook that could be erased and written over, uh, blockchain prevents that kind of alteration from, from occurring. Once it's stamped, it will always be identified. This allows participants to verify and audit transactions independently um, and then relatively inexpensive. So there's no centralized uh, official copy that exists, meaning there's no, uh, a, there's no single owner of this information and no user is trusted more than any other. This means uh, transactions are broadcasted to the wider network uh, using software. Again, comparing this to a uh, brick and mortar bank, you know, that physical bank location might be considered the centralized owner. Well, with blockchain, there isn't a single owner. Um, there's multiple um, servers that would maintain this information. Again, preventing any one person to modify without the rest knowing. So, in, you know, an example of how the blockchain could be used, um, you know, there was a 
report of a bad batch of lettuce that was reported and a manual tracking of which farm produced the lettuce, which trucks the lettuce traveled on, um, the stores that it was delivered to, it would take approximately six days for someone to manually audit and track down the recall of this bad batch of lettuce. Um, this can cause a over recall of non-impacted lettuce, which for the industry would cost millions of dollars and a lengthy time, bad public relations and potentially weeks of delay uh, tied to a single incident. If blockchain was incorporated in this type of example, uh, where the records of every step were uh, of the lettuce shipping across the process or moving through the process was tracked, um, it could take approximately two seconds, three seconds to find out the details. That's because uh, with the blockchain technology, again, following the process, it would be stamped uh, and available for easy uh, auditing that can be done almost instantaneously. From a security standpoint, uh, because blockchain reports every digital transactions across hundreds of thousands or even millions of servers, um, it is said to be nearly impossible to hack or change a digital transaction um, because you would have to change every single ledger transaction. Whereas in a centralized system, again, like a bank, the, the human intervention could always alter documents. And, and, and that's, that's kind of the basis of why uh, cryptocurrency is so popular is because it's, it's supported with the notion that it is not centralized. There isn't a primary owner um, and, and that, you know, is getting a lot of support. Um, some of the other blockchain uses. So let's talk about how blockchain is used in the industry. So one of the first uh, and probably most well-known uses for blockchain technology is cryptocurrency. Um, so most cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum, they use blockchain technology. And now we're probably seeing more and more companies are beginning to use blockchain as part of their digital growth. Um, you know, it's probably still too early to tell. And if you're someone who's been watching cryptocurrency prices, um, you've seen that there's a lot of volatility in uh, the price point for um, for most cryptocurrencies, right? Especially the most popular, again, um, with, with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and a few others. Another use of blockchain is smart contracts. So with smart contracts, uh, transactions between two people that would normally require paying a third party to handle a transaction could potentially be eliminated, reducing some of the fees that are involved. Um, so for example, when you're purchasing a home or a car um, or even sport contracts or, um, you know, entertainment contracts, um, you know, maybe even in the future coming down to the way we handle voting, right? Um, smart contracts having, you know, accurate um, transaction details that can be monitored and viewed and not changed. Um, you know, again, I do think that blockchain technology could be something that will continue to support smart contracts, right? So if you think about uh, when you purchase a home and if you ever looked at the details of all of the fees that are associated with purchasing a home, 
a lot of times there's other companies involved that are taking or charging uh, fees because they're involved with either validating information or responsible for uh, pulling up information of yours in order to complete a transaction. Well, smart contract in this example would allow you to work directly with the seller um, and being able to confirm um, your, your information that you would normally use for credit, you know, application for funding. And uh, it would create a high trust that what information you're sharing is accurate because they would be able to verify it. Okay. Um, the next one is financial services. So many banks, um, you know, many banks, many banks have um, expressed interest or in, in implementing blockchain because of its potential um, ability to speed up back office settlements. Okay. Um, keep in mind that there could be significant resistance to implementing blockchains broadly in banking systems because it also has the potential to eliminate uh, the multiple fees that they would typically charge to consumers. And that makes it more difficult for, for the banks to, um, to navigate around, right? Again, if you take a look at most of your financial transactions, there's all these additional fees and these are fees where companies are making money. So if, if you were to eliminate some of those additional steps, uh, naturally that could cause, uh, some financial industries to frown upon that because, um, they now lose the ability to, to add those additional fees. The next one is uh, video game, the video gaming industry, you know, the video gaming industry from the time that I was a kid in, in the eighties, late eighties and early nineties, um, has definitely become more mainstream, you know, um, as we have gotten more towards a virtual reality type of world, uh, video gaming, uh, continues to gain popularity. The use of blockchain technology will allow virtual reality payments, purchases, um, NFT purchases to become easier uh, to transact. Um, another use for blockchain is is the energy uh, energy trading. You know, so neighborhoods will have the ability to share unused electricity to neighbors since power companies are unable to store generated energy. Um, this potentially could reduce the average homeowner electricity bills by allowing, you know, neighbors to purchase unused energy at a lower price uh, from their neighbors than what a power company would charge. And I think this is a great example. I would love to see this one get gain more traction. But, you know, if you had the ability to um, purchase unused energy that has already been generated by the power company, but instead of you paying the power company at their price, you're purchasing it from your neighbor who's potentially selling it at a lower price because they're no longer using it. Uh, might take us a while to get there, but just that, that just gives you an, um, you know, hopefully an idea of the power of, of blockchain. And then the last one is healthcare. Um, you know, in response to the COVID pandemic, you know, there is a company called Ernest and Young that was working on blockchain to help employers, uh, governments, airlines, and others keep track of, uh, who they had, who may have had antibody tests and could be immune to the virus. Hospitals could also use blockchain technology to help speed up health insurance payments to be paid to healthcare providers and patients. So again, it's it's providing almost a real time environment in a lot of these industries. 
<clears throat> so let's talk about um, the crypto security. Um, so, you know, just share some examples of blockchain uses. Um, but let's focus now on on crypto security. OK, so if you're investing in crypto security or a cryptocurrency, one of the most important things to understand it, a stand about it, especially if you're as your investment grows, is how does it how do you store it and protect it? OK, um, so a few things. There's something called private keys, which is a sophisticated form of uh cryptography that allows you to access your cryptocurrency uh, when you have access to private keys you basically have access to the funds and some wallets allow you to control your private keys and some however are custodial and don't meaning the company has access to it and owns the keys you have the ability to view it um, but you're not the true owner because you don't possess the the private keys Owning and, and having access to your private keys gives you more power uh, and more control of your cryptocurrency. Um, but you also need to make sure that you're keeping these safe, secure and and offline. Um, if you're if you're keeping cryptocurrency in, in an exchange such as um, Robinhood or Weeble uh, or even like Coinbase Basic, uh, they're considered custodial. So therefore, you're entrusting a third party with these private keys and um, mandating them to serve as your safeguard. Okay, so understand that. Um, a wallet is a secured digital wallet and that it's used to store, send, and receive digital currency like Bitcoin, for example. Um, and although I mentioned store, cryptocurrency isn't actually stored in a wallet. It's stored on coins, um, uh, blockchain okay so your wallet is just the software designed to interact with the blockchain so instead your wallet stores addresses not the actual crypto tokens <clears throat> so there are four types of wallets that you can use to manage crypto assets um, there is hot wallets which include online and software and then there's cold wallets which include um, hardware and paper. Okay. So hot wallets are online and software. Cold wallets are hardware and paper. So to describe this a little bit more, um, so hot, I'm sorry, cold wallets, um, a hardware wallet is a cryptocurrency wallet, which stores the user's private keys in a secure hardware device. Um, the main principle behind hardware wallets is to provide full isolation between private keys and uh, your easy-to-hack computer or smartphone, right? So uh, keep that in mind. Um, hardware wallets typically cost anywhere from $50 to $200. Um, so make sure that when you buy these, you're buying these new and from a reputable company. Uh, a paper wallet... Um, as the name suggests, involves printing private keys and corresponding addresses and, and basically just simply storing them. Um, it's a good way to keep your cryptocurrencies offline, um, but it will require you to pay a lot of attention and care to these pieces of paper, right? If, if, if your paper correspondence gets lost or destroyed, you basically can permanently lose your access to your crypto funds. So that's a, 
the big caution on using um, you know paper wallet on the hot wallet side um, you know online wallets or are online services that en enable you to access your cryptocurrency from uh, from any browser that is connected to the internet um, so with an online wallet you don't download an app but rather data is hosted on a real or virtual server um, some online wallets allow allow you to control private keys uh, while others again are just custodial where they won't um, some non-custodial online wallets are blockchain.com my ether wallet and some other of the custodial online wallets are things like coinbase and and binance other uh, another popular companies um, software wallets, you know, these are applications used for managing cryptocurrencies um, that can be installed on your computer or smartphone. Uh, with these, you remain in control of your private keys, which are shared, uh, are not shared or controlled by a third party. You know, some software wallets include uh, companies like Atomic Wallet, Exodus, Coinbase Wallet, uh, which is different than than Coinbase Pro. So uh, there was an article um, by KingPassive.com that talked about you know ten easy ways to pick cryptocurrencies. If this is an area that you're looking to in, to invest in, um, but according to Investorpedia.com, there are over I don't know, probably over four thousand cryptocurrencies in existence since January of of 2021. Um, while many of these cryptos have little to no following or trading some um, end up getting a lot of attention and popularity uh, through social media memes and that causes a lot of volatility and price action um, but they probably don't have real day-to-day -day value so just keep that in mind so let's go over some of these um, top 10 items uh, based on kingpassive.com again their view of ways to pick which cryptocurrency to invest in um, number one on the list was the community. Um, so a big part of the cryptocurrency success is its following. So look out for cryptos with strong communities and loyalty um, from its followers because that shows that people may have a genuine interest and belief in that. And that could, uh, of course, support uh, price increase over time. The second one is fundamental analysis. Um, this simply means the foundations of the investment um, their, the team, the team ambitions and their strengths, right? So the creator of that cryptocurrency, um, and all the support and the, basically the, who are we of that cryptocurrency is something that you may want to assess before investing. Um, the team, one of the top things you can research is the cryptocurrencies team. You know, who's behind the cryptocurrency? Are they ambitious? Do you trust their expertise? Do they have a proven track record? Again, there's been plenty of stories of um, fraudulent cryptocurrencies that are set up. People buy them because of the hype. And then because these are uh, decentralized um, funds, basically, you know, there's nothing preventing someone to just shut it down, take your money, and you've now lost everything. All right, so doing your research on the team could help give you uh, an understanding of the um, validity of that company. Uh, number four on the list, the technology. 
Um, so a big part of the cryptocurrency success is the underlying technology. You know, you have to understand how it's going to perform against its competitors. Uh, what makes the technology stand out from the crowd? You know, um, are they big innovators? You know, this is such a saturated um, part of the industry right now. Again, probably more than 5,000 now different cryptocurrencies that exist. Um, so before you put your money in, in any of them, um, understand the technology behind it and how that company plans on using it. Uh, number five, um, titled the white paper. Um, every time a new cryptocurrency is released, they usually bring out a white paper. Uh, this helps to outline the purpose of the coin, its technology and how it works and its overall visions. Um, so when you're, when you're reviewing the white paper, you know, watch out for red flags such as, you know, promising un unrealistic, um, goals, uh, maybe sounding too ambitious. Um, and, and even simple things like spelling and grammar errors in the paper itself, um, could be flags that there may be some falsification of information about that company. Number six is the vision. Um, you want to make sure that you're going to be, you know, that company is going to be around for at least five to 10 years. So if they're not thinking long-term, you know, that could be a problem if you're looking for long-term investment. Number seven, uh, the leadership, the success of a coin is navigated by the leadership team, right? So again, research the team, the, the leaders to see what they've achieved in the past, what they specialize in. And then if they're personally invested in the project and the coin itself, right? Um, what has been their reputation in previous or current roles that could give you a sense of whether or not that Bitcoin will be around. Number eight is the pricing history. You know, so review historical price ranges and, and, uh, ask yourself, are they vol volatile in value, right? Um, how, how much price fluctuation has occurred in the last three, six months or a year? When the market overall takes a dip, how did that price point um, react? Okay. Um, number nine is credibility and reputation. Um, is the currency respected online? Um, right. So that you could find that kind of information with simple Google searches or even on most social media platforms. Right. Uh, do they have a strong reputation or are people, um, you know, pointing out, you know, very clear red flags about that currency. Again, take that into consideration. And, uh, number 10, the roadmap. So when you're deciding which cryptocurrency to invest in, you should look for a coin with a solid roadmap, strong, uh, plans for development. Look for clear timelines, uh, for the development of the coin. Uh, when are they planning any major releases and you know, what kind of problems will they solve? Um, if the coin has a limited number of coins in circulation, um, when is that limit expected to be reached that could have a play on the value of it. Okay. So, uh, those were the top 10. Um, but you know, definitely consider them all. Um, and, uh, you know, again, that's the, you know, something for you to take uh, into consideration when you're building out your profile or uh, portfolio. Um, you know, again, do your research. Can't stress that enough. Make sure you're doing your research. So that's it for today's podcast. Um, if you enjoyed today's session, um, I'd appreciate giving me a positive rating on whatever podcast platform you may be listening on. Uh, it helps me get my message out uh, to more users to help improve their financial literacy. And for more information about my services, please visit behaviorwealthconsulting.com. 
Uh, also, if you'd like to hear more about a specific topic on future episodes, uh, email me at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.